Welcome to Elevate from Elevation Barn, a new podcast series that helps today's and tomorrow's leaders clarify their purpose and start living their legacy. Each week, we turn the challenges we face into conversations and those conversations into clarity. We tend to look at communication as being very left-brained, cerebral, verbal, but only about 7% of what we communicate to the world has to do with the words we choose. There's a whole ecosystem that's communicating what we're thinking, how we're feeling, how we're making other people feel. It's important for all of us to understand that sometimes the most important conversations that are happening are the ones we're not completely aware of because we're not as fluent in those languages. This isn't just something that happens out in the world with our families or friends or colleagues. It's also something that's happening inside our bodies right now. When it comes to our emotional and physical well-being, our brain and our gut are in constant conversation. But we often listen to one more than the other. Now, when you hear the word gut, you might think intuition. But we're also talking about what's actually in it. Yes, all the creepy, crawly microbes and microorganisms that make up you. They can have a profound effect on just about every aspect of your life. Each week, we explore new ideas that make us healthier, more focused, and more purposeful. This week's conversation is with Isabel Chevalier, co-president of BioK Plus Probiotics, who has built a purposeful life for herself and others by helping turn the science of the gut into a thriving business and a global movement. Um, we have the beautiful Isabel Chevalier over in Montréal. Um, somebody that um, sort of stops everybody in her tracks by both her her wisdom and her experience and her, her depth of understanding. Like when we were when we were when we first met, we talked about the power of the gut, and it became one of these magnetic questioning. Sylvia Earle on her course said we stopped asking questions. Um, but when you start listening to what's actually happening inside of you, it's kind of it's a bit it's a bit more personal than what's happening with the right whales. You know, I don't actually have one, um, but when, with a gut, I, I actually do, and and therefore the knowledge and the insights and the the impact and the the reality of listening about what she says and what she's been doing in her life really. It's it's a it's a it's amazing how ignorant or how willfully ignorant we are about our driving force as a body. So this session for me was super super exciting because I think this is an absolutely critical pivotal time for all of us where we are relying on that second brain, as Isabel calls it, the, the gut, to be able to determine what what are we doing in life. So I'm excited to explore where that goes, but also where she's gone. Her, her company White Dragon and, 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 and new other companies and new things she's doing with Shark Tank in, in Quebec and the, the, the extension of her imprint now must be quite daunting. Um, not only is she helping everyone live longer, but she's now also motivating how they should live longer. So that's quite scary. Um, and so rather than just make that an epic session alone, we thought we'd also chuck a cat amongst the pigeons with um, Rick Adams. Um, Rick is probably one of the funniest blokes, not just looking, but uh, entertainment-wise, um, that uh, <laughs> uh, funniest blokes I've ever met. He um, he was one of the co-hosts of probably Britain's top uh, television show, The Big Breakfast, for a while. He then came over to launch Nickelodeon uh, in in the youth market. He he held the helm of um, uh, of of how our young generations for KOL and Kids Online for AOL our prominent uh, digital media platform. Uh, and so he really understands how to 
translate what's really critically important and going on in the world, but in a manner that is totally attainable and engaging. And I thought maybe there could be a point where, as we start talking about things that have longer words, more letters than, than, than I can comprehend, Rick could, could be a great sort of catalyst of discussion and, and thought and exploration of the world of, of the, the gut, um, but also bringing a little bit of spice. I'm liking that with our, 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 our sort of gatherings now, that is more than just one perspective. It's not that. It's about conversation for us all and having one person in there being the catalyst to help extend our conversation in there is really important. So um, two of my favorite people on the planet, I'm, I had no idea where this is going to go. It could go with Rick behind, um, behind these questions or these thoughts. It could <laughs> escalate quickly off the, off the cliff. Um, but please have a thought. As Sylvia said, it's about you know, the questions that we ask that determine the, the richness of our, of our learnings. You guys are far smarter than me. So please do jot down those thoughts because I, I really want to propel not only the thoughts and the understanding, but also how can we help at the end of this session? How can we help Isabel with what is to be a massive challenge in the world? Um, and how are we helping the health of the world as we all go through quite a traumatic uh, psychological and physical period of, of mankind and womankind? Um, so without further ado, um, Rick, Isabel, thank you so much for your time and your energy today. Um, it's, it's very easy for us to get confused between the gut and the ego, isn't it? And so um, today we're going to be focusing on what on earth the gut is and the, and the role that it plays. And of course, you spending so long in, the, in that area inside the gut. I suppose you could call you a gut buster, but I think that's impolite. Um, I, I, you tell us a little bit about the bacteria connection, because you and I were just talking before we started, and it's extraordinary to think about how, how much bacteria there is in the body. When we started this whole adventure, uh, people didn't understand how important bacteria was, or even that you had them on you. Uh, and uh, people thought necessarily bacteria as pathogens. And now today we really understand how important and friendly bacteria make it the reason why you're alive. If you didn't have bacteria, you wouldn't live. And so they're really um, microorganisms that communicate together and uh, have a major synergy. It's really a... Um, uh, we call it the microbiome. It's a it's a microcosm of connections of different species of bacteria that create your health and also your unicity. As each um, human has a uh, a fingerprint of its in intestinal flora, it's all unique to to everyone. We have uh, more than fifty thousand billion bacteria in our body, and that's more than human cells. So we can officially say we are more bacteria than we are cells. Um, and so they're really parts of, uh, of who we are. If you're vegan or if you're, you're doing a keto diet or if you're dieting or fasting or whatever you're doing to try and maintain your weight. And often people associate intestine uh, or, or uh, the whole uh, health of your intestine with uh, weight. And it really, of course, it has an impact, um, but it's really one minutia thing of what you should consider when we're talking about a holistic approach to your uh, intestinal, uh, intestinal health. And, uh, and, and it's really the biggest organ you have. And so it's so important to really take care of it and understand all the ramifications it has with your health. Uh, right now, today, we're talking about uh, things like um, the connection between the brain 
and the gut, where all the the neural there's a lot of connections with the um, nervous system uh, and the brain gut axis. So indeed, when we're talking about uh, your gut feeling, uh, well, that connection to nervous system it brings also the feelings, right? If you're stressed, if you've got all these instincts. Uh, uh, responding well, it's directly linked to your guts. Because John Hopkins have come out with some research, and they were talking about how uh, it's quite fascinating that, of course, you think, well, if you're nervous and you have anxiety, you might likely have problems with your gut. But their research is starting to uncover what you're talking about, which is it's actually might be the other way around. When you start to have problems with your gut, then that creates the emotional problems that you're having in yourself and in your life. Um, and so is that what you've been seeing with your research and what you have uncovered? Well, the more we go forward, we, the more we realize how central that whole ecosystem of the microbiome is to your overall health and brain and way and clarity of the mind. Uh, so how clearly you can think, how you, you the, all we see also with uh, Alzheimer's disease. So that's all your memory that's also uh, impacted, directly linked to your intestines. And so, yes, indeed, um, we all, for a good uh, seven, ten years, we talked about the second brain. Right now, well, maybe it's the first brain. So, and, and before we go in and demonstrate all that, we still have years of research, but uh, it's definitely pointing into a direction where the impact is so strong that it becomes the epicenter of the of that beginning of communication so um yeah maybe it is the first brain so what's the difference then between good a good gut and a bad gut in many ways well um it's actually a, a question of balance so you need more good than bad bacteria and you wouldn't be able to live if you were only good bacteria so you do need that that balance and it's a, a number of species that you need to have and a, a number of bacteria per species. And some of them are more like uh, the, uh, the maestro in an orchestra and others are you know, dime a dozen, but they all have their role to play. And uh, that's the ecosystem that needs to be. And so there's not a simple answer to that. So is it really just a matter of the fact that if I am what I eat, then I suppose I must be a Dorito and a, a Cadbury's. <laughs> but um, it, is it really the fact that humans have evolved to a situation where they just can't be trusted to eat properly and to take care of themselves in that way that now we need products like you're producing or probiotics and things like that to help us back to how we, you know, the optimal health of the human body. Yeah. Uh, it's a cultural thing, right? So um, I would say that probably North Americans eat the worst. Uh, and uh, so it's really a cultural thing. Uh, spending time in Asia, they actually do, uh, spend uh, importance or, or from generations have an importance toward the gut, how they actually relate to it. Uh, some will be traditionally taking care of it. Others uh, tend not to, but um, there's a big part of culture into taking care of your gut. And today, well, indeed, we've uh, ventured off into a tangent that we have a majority of population that's now obese. So we've done, we, we took a wrong turn somewhere. Uh, and that whole notion of creating facility and abundance we forgot what was real what was real abundance. It's not because you supersize me that you, you're more abundant. <laughs> and so there's a, a twist in the mind at that point. And yes, there needs to be a correction for the health of humans and this planet uh, towards that. Um, and as much as we can take supplements, and I would like as a, a seller of products like mine, say, yes, that's the solution. 
um, but it's really a patch. And uh, ideally, you would have a healthy nutrition and lifestyle that would allow you to function properly without necessarily having to replenish. Now, because we all like alcohol, we have stressful lives, I drink coffee, uh, even if I shouldn't, uh, well, yes, then I need to replenish and take my bio. Just to look ahead in the future, do you think it's likely that we're going to do something like a fingerprint of our own biomes? You know, we'll be able to go to yeah, a doctor's sure. and they will, they will look at your biome and say, this is what it is and this is how we think we can fix you. Is that the way it's going to go? Actually, it's already here. Uh, we can already, in our labs, we already are able to, um, uh, and sorry, sometimes my words come in French and I've been talking a lot in French. In the last That's fine. Days, so I'll translate. Kind of it's going to be from- fantastic. <laughs> Uh, je so, suis un rock star. No, okay, go ahead. Uh, so uh, we say criblage. So it's like you you um, you drill uh, the uh, all of the, the the pool of bacteria of a, a person, and you're able to identify and see the different balances they have, and uh, from where they live, because the uh, lifestyle and the type of diet from continent varies the type of water, is there chlorine in your water or not? And all these things have an impact on your flora and also on what is recommended. So um, we're already there. We're already able to know uh, if you're depleted in one side or the other and what you should be replenishing. And the impact is massive, right? It's got, it's an an impact on, um, you know, cancer, uh, MS, autism, um, colitis, which is C. diff, you were talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, terrible problems with the bowels all kinds of things and it's so it's got, it's got quite a wide array of abilities to solve those problems so what's amazing about bacteria sorry i'm cutting yeah. off on your oh, question definitely. but what's amazing is that we're able to come in in a very uh, surgical way and solve diseases where before we'd have to eliminate uh, deplete everything so when we're looking at uh, large spectrum antibiotics for example uh, they're necessary and today we still need them very much uh, but they do kill all the, the bad bacteria, which is necessary, but also all the good ones, leaving you completely vulnerable to the first come of the next um, pathogens you'll find there. And that's when it's super important to replenish. So um, you have to see that at one point where uh, at that point where it's like a, a school a theater and there's seats. So if all the seats are empty, first come, first serve, you want to get those good bacteria in those seats before Um, So you need to replenish. But when we're looking and we're understanding which bacteria can be inhibited by the other one, then we can really specifically give those bacteria in a large amount to come and inhibit the the disease. And we're doing it in a way without having to wipe out all of your intestinal flora. So as the um, science is evolving and we're going becoming more precise, we're able to be really uh, less intrusive, really, in our health to solve uh, health issues. So you'll be, uh, you, you really think it's going to be more targeted in the future? You'll be able to specifically Absolutely. go for some, some particular problem that you're having and, and solve it with that. That's yep. amazing. Oh, my goodness. Well, I never knew that. Ba- I didn't knew bacteria was, was cool, but I only received the bad side of the bacteria. It's good that there's some white night night bacteria. Cool. <laughs> Ted, would you like to pick up uh, sure, with your question I, about I, meds? Um, every time I go and get uh, a colonoscopy, I get sort of a vague answer around... Um, I don't know exactly what's causing it, not sure of the root, but we'll treat it with meds. And what I really would like to understand is what's actually going on so I can, and I do pointedly ask every time, is there something I can change in my diet? Is it, is it you know, alcohol? Is it meat? Is it veggie? What, what can I do? So I guess the question is, in the context of our overly prescribed medical 
um, apparatus, what's the best way to assess what's actually going on for myself and others, and then actually find some balance? I hate meds. If I can avoid them, I don't want them. I need, needed them at the moment for, to stop the issues. But what I'd like to do is move away from that and actually have an organic, um, natural way, if possible. Um, sure there's a way. The situation. The, the situation. You know, um, and you'll get the answer, a different answer, depending on who you talk to. So if you go into a more classic uh, or I'd say a modern uh, hospital or doctor setting, uh, especially in North America, that's, of course, what I'm most familiar with. Uh, and, and some parts of Europe as well, the first re reflex is to go towards uh, medicine, right? So, so drugs. And yeah. so that's what they've been trained for, and that's the answer they have. So, so that's what you'll get. Um, if you want a different type of approach, then you really have to step away from the medical, traditional medical setting and go into more of naturopaths and holistic medicine to have another opinion. Um, and and see that path, looking at all the different conditions. And also it's a question of history. There's a rule of thumb that it takes the amount of time to fix, uh, it takes the amount of time that you've been having your issues. So it doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. The um, quick fix of modern life that we're used to is like a Band-Aid or a patch, just make the pain go away. So it's really just like a patch you put on top, but you haven't addressed the root cause. And going to the root cause will necessarily be much longer as a process uh, than just taking a drug and fixing a painful problem right now. So, you know, it will be a journey. It, it will not be a one-time thing. So I guess let's step away from me for a moment. It, it is, the, is there a place in the world for both things? And how do those Absolutely. I mean, what, how, do the, how, do, how, do, how do meds and diet work together for the overall good? Is it... Do you lean one, one towards one or the other, or is it really an ecosystem in and of itself? So there's a, um, a Mechnikov, which is a, a researcher uh, from the beginning of the century that said, let your food be your medicine. Hmm. So for me, that's where the path is. Um, and um, after that, of course, we've got, you know, world diseases. If you've got cancer and things like that, of course, you need to address it. Actually, some people will, and that's a very personal choice at that point, um, but uh, that's where the junction is for me. Let your food be your medicine. But then it's a journey, and it needs to be on a sustainable thing, and um, it doesn't eat well one day, eat crap 10 days, eat well one day. It doesn't work right. <laughs> so, um, just before we move on, if I could just, just finish with, and you touched on it a little bit in terms of it takes as much time to unwind. Um, I guess what's the, your perspective on the accumulation of damage um, in terms of if it's, if it's, you know, Rick is living on party-sized bags of Doritos uh, for the last 20 years, is it possible then for Rick to unwind the, the, those dietary habits? Um, I, you know, I'm a firm positive person, so I will always have a yes to that. And then, um, absolutely. And uh, there are transformations. Uh, I think it starts with the desire and a will, and uh, then after that, uh, follow through with actions. And, and that leads us to Emerald, actually, who wants to talk more about the, the, the concept of pro probiotics and the actual, um, you know, the, the boundaries of uh, adding stuff versus keeping stuff. So I'll, I'll let you uh, extrapolate on that, Emerald. So 
from my research into it, uh, probiotics are great and they really do a lot of excellent things, uh, but they don't live in our microbiome permanently. They come in and they go out, which is why we have to keep taking them. But we do have a microbiome that we're born with that comes from our mother. It, it gets, you know, through our fetal development and coming through the birth canal. Uh, one of the reasons the cesareans are so dangerous because the child doesn't get the microbiome as much as it, as it should or could. But the question is actually, what are you, are you considering, uh, with, with the research that's coming out and all the different strains that we know live in the gut permanently, and I know there, there are laboratories and universities and maybe other places that are actually cultivating these, these bacteria, so they take a sample before an operation and they then um, know what the microbiome is and they make sure they have that available so after the antibiotics they provide that they put that back into the system um, are you considering making those products or will you be legally able to do it and is that a new direction you're going to be taking so um, when you do have to let's say take antibiotics and uh, you want to replenish your so we talked about your native flora and the transient flora so our products are always transient unless the mom was taking the product at birth and the kid will have our bacteria as its native flora so that's the only reason that's the only yeah so my kids of course have uh our, our bacteria um as a native flora so indeed as we know so yes and when the child is born through cesarean or c-section unfortunately they get the uh, atmosphere and the bacteria from the operating room and that's why it's so dangerous because of being born in a hospital setting um, and so but by being transient and the other one native when you do take antibiotics when the flora does replenish it's your native flora that comes back out so in the end whether you stimulate your native flora with transient it's still the native one that will be back so you don't necessarily need to go in and add your own native one again. It will come back as the native, as your fingerprint. So you're the so you are your the the and you see how people will take sometimes unfortunately several courses of antibiotics within a year. Their flora is still their native flora, and that will come back. So the idea is to come and stimulate your 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 own flora, and that's what these bacteria. Uh, when they're transient will do. And of course, there's different uh, the species of bacteria. Um, but uh, so it's, no, it's not necessary to have the native flora to, to regain that native flora. It will always come back. Uh, actually, uh, Will put out a question saying, you know, how many of us actually do try and take proactive steps with our gut? Um, and the, 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 the wisdom back is that 10% of us, <laughs> just 10% of us have actually made an effort in that area. So it's pretty embarrassing stuff. Um, it's definitely something we could all be more educated on. And that's hence today's chat. Um, but Mark, uh, Mr. Fuel, um, has a question about, you know, how that affects us as we move onwards in life. Mark, over to you. Is it ever too late? Can you kind of turn back the clock and and what do you have to do, you know, to, to get your gut as healthy as you can at, 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 you know, over 50? Yeah. I'll say it's never too late. Um, and um, the, there are a few things that really damage and it depends on your sensitivity 
If you are gluten intolerant and you keep on eating gluten, you will damage permanently your gut. So you, there's things where you need to figure out if you are if you have intolerances and that you do need to stop doing that. Um, and after that, it's uh, eating fermented foods if you're to be doing that, eating a lot of veggies. That is so important. So don't eat enough. 70% of your plate should, should be fit to veggies. Like if you can't go all veggie, that's fine, but you should have massive amounts of veggies in your, in your plate all the time. And uh, really cut down, and I'm thinking, especially in the North American or, uh, you know, also European, well, meat is definitely something we need to cut down on, especially the red meat. I mean, these are all things we know, right? Um, and it has, and, and unfortunately, we, we correlate slimness with health, and that's not always the case. Some people are slim, but drink as hell, smoke, and, and their gut really is not healthy. So, um, of course, it's more obvious, and you have much more inflammation when you have weight, especially around the abdomen. Um, and so that is the worst, really, for an intestine. Um, but it's that's and hydrate. It's super important, and you should have a stool a day, and that should be the norm. People who go on and think it's a it's okay to be constipated and have a stool every other three day, every three other day or three days. No, because you're reabsorbing your toxins. And um, so it should have a regular flow and you should drink water and you should eat veggies and that fiber will help you have a good transition and, um, and sports and find ways to de-stress. And because that has a direct link when you know, when you're stressed or kids and, and you have that ball in your stomach, well, that's your intestines crumbling up, and, and that is not – so you should find a way to, to balance that out uh, for yourself. Um, and then all the acid stuff also should um, be diminished. But at the same time, being stressed on a diet and frustrated because you're not getting what you want, for me, that's not the right way to live, right, just because you have to follow this one thing. So I'd say have your glass of wine, but be happy, and, you know, uh, go on with your life, right? So – um, yeah, that's really what I, I would say. And then try to cut back on sugar. And I think the more you eat fresh and live, um, the better. So fresh veggies, uh, if you're going to have them hot, have them steamed, uh, don't overcook them in water, uh, you know, things like that. So you keep all the nutrients. Um, and, uh, and that's really the basis of a, uh, of a healthy uh, intestine. And to that, have fermented foods. You know, the French have a very uh, large culture of having cheese and yogurts and, and uh, things like that. Uh, and uh, you, sh you should ingest fermented foods. Um, and then to that, well, then supplement. You know, I'd say as you age, you should have omega-3, vitamin D, vitamin E, and probiotics. It'd be great to get a good cheat sheet, wouldn't it, uh, I think, and uh, get you to maybe put together a list of things that we shouldn't, shouldn't do. So, Mark, you've got it now. You need to lay off the Tim Tams and, uh, and all the other stuff that you're eating, and, you know, the Australian diet. Um, but, um, so, okay, thank you, Mark, for that question. And let's just um, take a little bit of a look at this wider question, just to, to wrap up almost. Um, we talked about how few of us are actually really proactively doing something about our diet. Uh, you know, how, how easy is it to screen and, and, to, and to find out whether you have a balance or not who am i to tell you what your balance is <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, listen if anyone's going to tell me a balance i'm going to go to you so <laughs> you know, look balance, at this. um 
it's really having that uh, what works for you and sustainability, right? It's durability. Can you sustain that lifestyle for a long period? And I think that would be what is your balance. I can talk for myself. Um, my lifestyle is to eat veggies and I crave salads, and I, but I've been eating it forever and I, I love that way of, of eating well. My lifestyle is also to drink a lot of water, do yoga every day and work out a lot or do sports with my kids. But I am an intense person and I'm not a nine to five work person. I'm completely unbalanced if you look at the normal life and I work 5.30 a.m. till 11 p.m., six days a week. I love what I do, but then when I'm off, I'm completely off. I unplug and then I don't remember what from what. So that is my balance. It's replenishing me and it's nourishing me. And so I think it's for everyone to find what really tick, makes you tick um, and to find that that is the balance. It's your personal balance and to be passionate about what you do and be aligned. We were talking about that um, head, heart, and gut. And uh, I find that when you're aligned like that, there's no bottom to the energy you have because you're always compelled and, and, and wanting to do things and you, you spring out of bed in the morning and you do it all day until you go to bed. And, and that's, right, uh, that's, that's for me what balance is, is being aligned really in, in your life flow. It just goes to show, doesn't it, that balance is all about your, is, is within you and it is within your own grasp and you just have to listen to yourself if that's what I, I get from you, I, I believe. But anyway, thank you. I hope you all enjoyed uh, today's discussion and I'll, I'll hand you back to Will to, to, to wrap up. Super, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. No, that was, that was spectacular. I spent a few tearful moments, you know, having a... Now, I've even got a little one that's, that's supposedly dyslexic and ADD and all that lot. And yet, my best times are sitting there eating um, caramel cone explosion ice cream and um, salt and vinegar chips. And I've realized, you know, I'm realizing, obviously, those are great moments of comfort. But uh, something that Isabel said when we did the, the um, Young Leaders interviews that I thought was spectacular, everybody was talking about balance, balance, balance. And she said, balance is absolutely exhausting. It's harmony that is actually where you should be, and 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 I think that something that you know came through is we all want to see our kids happy, um, and we all want to see you know that that support and that strength. But fuck it, for a guy who lost his dad at six months old and mum at eighteen years old, there's probably a, from cancers and one from stomach cancer because he was a candy candy inventor. There's a bit of a wake up call I need to have, and uh, and today was a spectacular sort of not just wake up call, but it's just a, something that, you know, out of sight, out of mind. It's like what we're doing with a lot of the stuff with Mission Blue because it's below the waves. You can't, are we really bothered about it? And it's often because it's inside you, are we, do we really care until there's a problem? And I think, uh, you know, I, I, I think that's what great friends are for. Um, and Isabel has been a great friend and is a great friend. It's, it's that constant support that you are there for each other to say, you know what? heads up a little bit before you step on that landmine or before shit drops off the cliff maybe have a quick look and I, and, I, and that's what i'm i'm really moved about today so thank you both uh for rick trying to keep reflecting on stools and things just to keep it light um no no pun intended or connection there um but but no that that was spectacular just like our emotional and physical well-being is a dance between our brain and our gut so is telling a great story. Listen to Elevate Episode 7 with Rick Adams, host of Nickelodeon Slime Time TV and Children's BBC. 
to learn how to use your brain, belly, and funny bone to tell a better story.